Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the first Outlaw Way podcast. It is me, John Michael, better known as The Boss, here with my co-host, Nakia Nacho Jackson, paramedic and unfortunately sparky, sitting right beside me. Tell them, hey, Nacho. What's up, guys? And I got my other co-host over here, Chip Cheeto Pierce, former MMA fighter, and for some reason, we have got another sparky in this chat over here. I don't know how that ended up happening, but we got two for one deal here. Tell them what's up, Cheeto. Sparky. We're going to start using the word sparky now. I mean, you know, you might as well. That's what you are. You can't hide it. Can't hide it. And for our last host over here, we got professional angler Tyler Stewart. No relation. I'm the better <laughs> steward in the group. Tell them what's up, my man. What's going on, guys? All right. Now, y'all have tuned in. This is the first episode of the Outlaw Way podcast. We're going to cover a lot of topics. We're going to talk about a lot of shit, but mostly... We're probably going to end up roasting the shit out of each other every single chance we get. Oh, you know it's No, bad. not us. Today, we are <laughs> going to be talking about the simple as it gets question. What's the best trade out there? What's the best job, worst job? Me, personally, best job there is going to be a meal right. Because you can do anything under the sun, no matter what you want to do. You can weld one day, operate the next. It doesn't matter. You're never going to get bored. What do you got, Nacho? What do you think the best thing out there is? I don't know. I'm going to have to lean toward uh, the old Sparky job. They'll smart you know, I was, I've been on a lot of jobs, but you watch electrician. Yeah. Man, they don't do nothing. Exactly, man. <laughs> it's like this. I will tell you all right now. If you want to live a long life in the blue-collar field, being an electrician because you won't do shit for the first 12 years. That's yeah, right. I'm, I'm with you on that. What about a crane operator, like on a, on a rig or something? He's sitting in an air-conditioned box way above everybody. <laughs> Not only just sitting in an air-conditioned box. On the rigs I was on. That dude only come outside if there is a boat tunnel. Yeah, he does what he wants to when he wants to. And what are you going to do, climb 200 feet and tell him to stop? Now, don't get me wrong. Now, a crane operator is an amazing job. It's an awesome job. But a rig crane operator, don't sign me up. I'm not one for the deep, fast ocean, okay? If I can fall like over fishies? No, if I can fall over a rail and possibly get eaten by a shark, you had better I'm out. You had better be good at handling stress if you want to be a rig operator. Oh, I do not. I could I, is, I'm not a rig kind of guy, okay? Land rig, sign me up and put me in a man camp. You talking about on the water? I'm not fucking with it. I don't know. On a land rig, my wife can still get to me. I think I'd rather be on the water. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Tyler. What you got? Every one of my buddies, you know, that I graduated high school with that went and did the land rig, I get Snapchats every day of them sitting in the truck. I'm telling you what, a land <laughs> rig is not a bad job if you've been there longer than two years. But that first two years, I got some buddies out there. They said, if you're not getting your ass worked into the ground, it's because the rig shut down. You're getting fired. Yes. I've, I've actually got a buddy yes. that all he does is sit in the truck and watch valves to see if they do something. But he's had to put his truck, brand new truck, like a 20 model. Yeah. He's had to put it in the shop four times in the last eight months because it sat there and idled for so long and just ran in place that it, it gas, just quit. Gas well, or diesel, man. That's why you got to get a diesel I truck. A, I think it's a gas. I, yeah, diesel's the way to go for that route. Oh, yeah. They'll yeah. idle all day long not worry about well, it. Well, not these new ones. These new ones are cut off on you unless you got a little tree. You got to put them in neutral or something oh, like that. I all that. I got an old 18 model. I mean, I guess it ain't old, but it ain't got none of that fancy emissions no more. A good Sawzall on $20 and a... Yeah, down, you cut that stuff area. off yeah. right day one. Yeah, we cut all the emissions out of it and everything, but it still does the idle crap. I don't know where that comes from. Got that right. So I don't know. Crane operator. I feel like I feel like we all good. Those are all good paying jobs. But you know, this is also a good paying job. But I absolutely, I've tried it. I didn't like it. I've been around it a lot. Not just concrete work, but finishing, finishing the concrete. 
I'm talking about you're down there on your hands and knees no. for 8, 10, 12 no. hours a day. Yeah, that's, no. that's not the top concrete. of my list. My, my yeah. daddy taught me years ago, a concrete trade is a survival skill. That's what I'm saying. You learn that just in case you're about to starve to death. Yeah, it's the same as roofing. Then you go pour some concrete. Yeah, it's the same Got as roofing. Right. Concrete and roofing are like yes. at the bottom of the list. And if you have to do them, you do. But if there's anything else, like if you, if there's anything else I can do, I'll do that. Got that right. Yeah, concrete. It's like, see, like clean out the septic tank. Yes, yeah, like, like I'll, yeah. I'll clean out the septic tank yeah. before I finish concrete all, all day long. And, and I ain't scared of hard work, but concrete's a lot more than just hard work. That is literally yes. the definition yeah. of back-breaking well, every, work. Every day that I've done concrete, I go right to the edge of death. I'm like literally, you. I'm, I'm you're just in so the middle of a heat stroke. tired. You know? There's you're a difference like, in oh. hard work and hard labor. Oh, then it is hard labor. Uh, hard I mean, work is an ethic that you need. If you want to succeed in this world, you need an ethic of hard work. Hard labor is just because you're not smart enough to find hard work. And yeah. I'll tell you what, and, and some people love it. But I'll tell you what, I've been on a lot of big jobs and everything like that. Full plant builds from dirt to people are working there full time. And the concrete guys, out of everybody else, I say the concrete guys are the motherfuckers that you do not want to fight. Because their forearms are like NFL footballs. You see oh, the dude on TikTok. You see the dude on TikTok. The old guy, the young guy, owns the control, uh, concrete, and the old guy does all the work. And they're always—I can't remember his name—but his skin looks like leather. Oh, he yeah. never wears a shirt. He's probably in his sixties. <laughs> He's been doing concrete for thirty years. He's about five foot two. You just described every concrete guy well, I've ever met. He probably weighs like one hundred and forty-five pounds. Yeah. But watching him on video. I wouldn't fuck with him. Oh, no. Like, he no. just got that, that no. look to him like, that dude, he'll drink a beer, whoop your ass, and finish Well, this, <laughs> was what I was saying. talking hey, to John Michael man. Stewart about this is kind of odd, but because I got to bring up the one trade that most people don't consider a trade, but I came up as a paramedic, worked on an ambulance, then got into the, the trades out in the field. So when I went to an oil rig, I was a safety man. So uh, it, it it's an... I hate a safety man. And, and everybody, you, everybody does, but it was a job I loved. I mean, I absolutely well, loved I'll my backtrack. Life. Let me backtrack. I did it for a couple of years, man. I did it for like 18 months. And it paid good. I was, I mean, I didn't have to physically work, honestly. But you wore the, the nice, pretty white hard hat, I did. no scratches I did. on. I had the well, yellow vest. I had here's the nice the thing. shoes. I don't uh, hate a safety man. What I hate are the safety man, like, uh, take bouncers, for instance. I don't hate a bouncer, but a bouncer that eats and breathes bouncing and goes home and watches Roadhouse and jacks off and then goes back and bounces again, <laughs> that's the safety guy I hate. The guy that's like every yeah. single It's not little a job. Thing. It's his fucking life. Yes. yes. That yes. dude is a fucking nuisance. I'll tell you what, though. Yes. I, I love, I've loved damn near everything I've done. I've gotten fired for most of them. But the safety man thing, man, when you talk about doing that from doing it, being the person, the paperwork is so fucking bad. Oh, it was horrible. It's like somebody gets a splinter in their hand and decides to yes. tell me, homeboy, I wish you wouldn't have. That was now constant. We gotta, now we got to have 18 pieces of paperwork saying that it was disinfected. I gave you a band-aid. Out of I this think when I had that because job, society has gotten stupider. I think when That's I had that job, that was the, the biggest thing that I said was – you didn't tell me that and just walk away. Yeah, like, I'm telling shut you. Shut up. I, I don't want to know. Yeah, like I don't want to know if you're not Stop. dying or you don't want to make a report. Don't even bring it up. Because it's a level, it, yes. and I have to. It's now the level of stupidity. Yeah, it's the level of stupidity. Well, uh, Ulrich, a um, I lost my train of thought. The the roughneck. Yeah. So twenty years ago, roughnecks out there 
cuts his finger. He, he wraps, wraps it with tape. Shit and goes up back and roll on. Yeah, now the roughneck cuts his finger, calls his mama. His oh, mama yeah. calls the safety guy, <laughs> yes. and the safety guy goes and gets the company man. I mean, it's a big. Is there yeah, a thing, loop around. Flipping back a little bit, a few minutes ago, Tyler was talking about the land rigs, and I'm gonna tell you, many years ago, I worked on the offshore rigs. We had 300 people on a rig. Yeah, there was positions for everything. Uh, here later in life, I go to a land rig. We had six motherfuckers running the whole damn thing. That's what like, I'm saying. I'm talking Everybody about did everything back in the day. There's no way. Like, yeah. go to yeah. a land rig. Number one, that is not for me. Yeah. If uh, you're 18, 19, but, 20. Oh, yeah. But no if you're fam- 35, no. But an offshore, no family, no house. An That's offshore platform. Yeah. I mean, you're talking uh, from roustabouts, roughneck, floor hand, mud man. You got it all. Well, you go to a land rig. There's like six bitches doing the everything. Yeah. So yeah. you're working your ass off. But straight out of high school, kids. though, I mean, like, uh, what else could you know could could kids do to go out and make that it type is, of money? I mean, how about pay attention and, and get a it's trade. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know that as well. But I mean, you know, how about well, you get talk. a trade? You focus a little bit. You don't live in your mom's basement. You're independent. Like, and I'll let's tell you, do what wait, we used let's to do. Stick to that for just one second, Tyler. About because I am sick. I have heard. Over the last month or two, so many people are like, well, I'm looking for a job. I'm like sick of hearing it. All you gotta we look get around. phone calls. Everybody yeah. comes to us because we are more successful. We stay busy. We have things going. So people reach out, make phone calls, email, DMs constantly yeah. with who's hiring. Everybody. Everybody. I just everybody. made a video the other day, and I told everybody, I was like, in this day and age, if you are looking for a job in the trades or a labor job in general, if you want to work – you will work. Well, that's yes. the problem. The problem is expectation. Yeah. They're expecting to be the freaking boss on day one. They don't oh, want yeah, to start sure. at the bottom and, and work up. What, I always hear people, they always give me the, well, they didn't pay enough. And I'll ask them, well, how much they were paying? Well, they were only paying this for start out entry. I'm like, well, that's what you are. You can't walk in and make $30 an hour as a helper. You have to walk yes. in and make 15 for the first two weeks, then go to 25 because you're worth a damn. Right. You know, a lot of people my age, and I, and I hate to say it about my generation is we have our expectations so high for absolutely no reason. Nobody owes us anything because anywhere. you were told your whole life you're number one. The you got a trophy for everything. Trophy you were always my put generation. up here, and now you get put out there, and somebody goes, yep. and you're like, "What is that?" People need to understand that there are winners and there are losers. You can start a loser, but you can become a winner. Oh yeah, yes. it's not hard. A little work, a little ethics. Goes a long fucking way in today's day and age. And you can lose after you win. And you, and can. you can win again. It is a roller another, coaster. Another huge thing is because uh, me and Chip still do lots of interviews for our employees. And the people come to an interview so unprepared. Oh, yeah. And people will say, well, I can't find a job. Okay, well, I'll tell you this. We are absolutely not hiring at the moment. Yeah. But if somebody walked in and put in an application and they impressed us, and they had a good head on their shoulders, and they made Didn't sense. Didn't you mention this in your we video? Would, I did. If you we would literally, we would literally create a position for them because those people are so few and far between. So even if I don't have an opening, I will not let a good candidate come through an exactly. interview without me finding them something. He to touched do on it yesterday. So I can hold video. on. I did. So I made. So the other day, I was talking about a lot of people that I used to interview because unfortunately, I was I was always either a supervisor or foreman, something like that. On the jobs I went to, we would always try and hire locals if we were able to or try and hire new people that would come in. Well, 
I mean, you know, I would get a guy walk up to me in flip-flops, basketball shorts, and a wife beater. No. And I'd be <laughs> like, okay, my man, well, what are you applying for? Well, I'm a A1 top-notch wielder. I'm like, okay, awesome. You know, great. You probably can weld the fuck out of something. But do you have any type of resume, credentials? Do you have anything to prove to me that you – Because the flip-flops aren't talking right Yeah, now. the flip-flops and stand-up basketball shorts and wife beater, you might be the best welder in the world, and I don't know it. But you're not showing me that. But the next guy that walks up to me, and he's wearing a pearl snap starch jeans, work boots, and he's got a head under his arm. <laughs> Homeboy, I don't even want to see your credentials. Yeah, go to work. Go get a fucking machine. You're hired, baby. And presentation is 90% of an interview. People and part show of that presentation, wrong. I'm telling you, I can't, I can't tell you how many applications we get in our hand. We walk in to do an interview, and I cannot read the application because they slopped it on the paper so bad. I'm not even sure what their name is when I'm walking into the interview. And already I can tell they don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I See, I have, I have interviewed a lot of people that uh, I've had a bunch of people work for me, the older generation, that could not read and write. But they were top-notch hands. John, we've had them. They write their name down. Yeah. And it's kind of smudged like he's talking about. And then, But you can make the letters out, you know, but you don't really know what it is. And you ask them, what's your last name? And it's something completely different than they wrote. I'm like, why'd you write this? Well, I never learned how to spell my last name. You never learned how to spell your last name. And that's crazy name. to me. You know, that, that's raising right there. That all goes back to the parents. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. But, but I'll tell you what, though, far as interviewing and stuff like that, if somebody walks up to me and just straight up does not act like they even want the job, don't worry. You're not going to get it. Yes. Because if you don't want to work here, then you don't have to worry about it because you're not going to work here. But I don't care how bad I need somebody. They leave your interview. And, and then, they get on social media and say it was your fault they exactly, didn't get the job. Exactly. They will. And I another have, thing I've heard you hit on before is uh, it doesn't matter really that they know everything about what you're doing. Yep. It's their attitude, the fact that they're willing to learn. We don't mind training people. Oh, not at all. Never. 90% no. of the people we hire have no idea how to do what they're coming in to do. With My all favorite the CNC answer. machines and the lasers and the, nobody yeah. knows how to run that stuff. But we hire people in here with no experience. We'll train you yeah. if you're trainable. So yeah. when we interview, we want to see that the guy is trainable and interested and wants to learn and has that. You best know, answer in the world. No, sir, I haven't done that, but I will give it 100% and do my best. I mean, what well, more come can on, ask? buddy. I would rather somebody fuck up full speed with a smile on their face, trying their best. Yes. Than somebody walk in that knows how to do it and act like yes. they're. In today's world, here every day. In yes. today's world, if you show effort and you take responsibility when you fail, I will I will pay you every week for years and years to come. That's what I'm saying. Knowing you'll never be able to do the job, but at least you got ethics and hard you know hard work and and you and you care. Yeah, and and the, my favorite type of employee is one that will accept fault. I fuck up all the time. I used to tell my oh, guys that know. all the time. You know? We know. It's like, it's look like, at the rims on your look truck. At, look, at, look, at Tyler. look at Tyler. Yeah. We sponsored Tyler. He ain't won a fishing event in like nine months or what something. Are you, what are you doing, Tyler? <laughs> Come on now. Y'all going to throw me under the bus like that? I mean. <laughs> we had to get you in the conversation. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff you guys are talking about, it's a little unrelatable for me. You know, I went straight out of college into fishing, which sounds great, but, you know, when you really get down to it and you really, you know, you're, you're doing it, it's, it's, it's really tough. I mean, it's, it's a full-time job too. And, you know, oh, for sure. there's I mean, a lot of hard times, you know, you've got ups and downs just like, you know, any other job. I mean, there's been times where I've been 
so close to just giving up, you know, and then, you know, have that breakthrough tournament, you know, get me back going and I'm, you know, uh, happy will, again. So. I will say this. Ever since we've started sponsoring Tyler, the, the fishing profession, I don't know any other profession where, like, when you get a job, you know what your job is. And every day you go to that job and you, you kind of have an idea of what you're doing that day or what you have to achieve or accomplish. He goes to a lake day one and this is the condition and he's doing this and it's fine. The very next day, that condition is 100% flip 360 degrees. Now he was on five footers. Now he's on 30 footers. The water temperature was 50. Now it's 80. The sun was coming here. Now it's there. The Weather wind changes. Like, changes. So water his temp. profession is like so unpredictable. I truly did not understand before how difficult it was to be because we have the, the only sport in the world where you can go win one week and blow the tournament out, go to the next event and get dead last. Right. Like dead it shows last. you on the surface that always, oh, I want to be a professional fisherman. You don't realize how much works in that shit. Pure shit house look is something you got to have. Well, I mean, I mean, you got to be lucky, but you got to be good too. put okay. yourself in that right situation. You yeah. know, is, uh, you know, you just got to keep doing that until. And you got to have a set of balls, son. Oh, when yeah. there's 150 boats leaving at the same time and y'all are all running 85 miles an hour in 30 footers across <laughs> the lake, you got to have the balls to hang in there. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pulling back, bro. I'm fishing <laughs> back here. Like I'll know. fish at the dock I'll yeah. when y'all get back. Yeah. And there's a lot of st- X stake too. I mean, you know, we got $6,000 entry fees for every event. So, you know, you can go make good money. But up until this year, you know, they paid top 75 out of 150 of dudes that are really freaking good, you get 76. Not only did you lose that six grand, but you also lost the three or four grand in travel expenses. So the wear it's and tear like on your truck, gambling. the wear and tear on your boat, all your fishing equipment. So, Got to I mean, riding a little sunburn to go along with it, maybe. Yeah, but it, it, it's a grind. But uh, but then that dude catches the fish and calls you like yep. ecstatic on cloud nine. Just it's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. But back to the main topic here. Me personally, I'm going to swing it all day long. Millwright is the best trade that you can get into, period, because you honestly don't know what you're going to do from day to day. You're going to do anything under the moon, anything you want to do. I can see Millwright. Anything you want to do, or they can use you anywhere they want to well, use you. Anywhere they want to use you. I, I can love see, doing it. I can I see the it. Millwright side of it. With if, if you're the type of person that likes to mix it up all the time and don't like to I, just I say, I can quick. see that part. I get bored quick. But being the best profession. Being the best profession in the trade, I, I don't think Millwright's it. I don't even think crane operator's it. I don't think I've even decided what's it. Who, who, who else Who else would have a job where they can get to go and they can do something different? Damn near every day, no matter what. Plants, mills, land rigs, whatever you want to do, you can find a place for yourself at that location. I love it. I so if you had to start over right now in a career, blue collar, you would choose to go with Millwright? Precision real. Precision meal right. I would take out the general meal so, right quality and I would go in at the precision side of things because <laughs> when I was in the precision meal right, I took some courses, I got out there. The well, that was going to be my next levels. question. For the new guys out there, guys graduating high school, would you suggest that they start out bottom of the line, entry level position, right out of the gate into a job? Or should they go to a trade school and get some type of education? Trade over college, to, baby. Trade over to college. Applying. Always trade over college. But here's my thing. I'm 50-50 on it. I think if you know what you want to do, go do it. But if you're not really sure, I would find the biggest shutdown or turnaround period near you. 
the biggest one that you can find in a couple states. I'm talking about get a fucking hotel and go over there. Ask yeah, don't be scared to travel. Don't be scared to travel. Get out there on the road. Hire in as the lowest paid helper that you can for anybody that you can. Yes. And go out there and look at everybody. See what every single person is doing. See the fitters. See the welders. See the operators. See the administrators. See the safety people. See the electrical. See the plumbers. Get your eyes on every single trade out there that you can. Talk to the people that are there doing it. Watch what they're doing and decide which you think you would prefer to do. Because honestly, a lot of people will go to trade school and college both, get a degree in something, and three years later, either not use it at all or completely and totally change it. Because they thought they wanted to do something, but they didn't know anything about it in the field. Right, and then they'll realize. Well, I mean, it's good. Get an I entry like level it. position. Go out there. Get see an entry the different level position. See and what keep your, your mouth are. shut. Yes. Don't go out there bragging about what you can or can't do, or what your daddy taught yeah. you, or none of that. Oh, you got to go listen, out there and prove. These kids today yeah. don't listen. Go out there and prove. They already know. Work your do. ass off. Or show everybody that you're a hard worker, and that will get you up the ladder faster than anything else, in my opinion. I'm telling. Well, another you, question. I've I've been running companies for a lot of years, so. Back in my day of going out looking for the blue collar job, I was, I literally go door to door. You know, I borrow some gas money, get in my car, drive down to South Louisiana and look up in the phone book for oil companies Yellow and, go, pages, baby. and literally go knock on the door. Yeah, they're not done that. I've done that three different times where I went down south, Galveston, uh, Houston, go to their corporate offices, knock on the door, and not leave until they let me fill out an application. And, I, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's still like that in some places. Like Lake Charles, Louisiana. Well, that's plant New country. Orleans. That's plant country. Houston. That's yeah. plant country, baby. Yeah, when you yes. travel if from you, Houston to Beaumont to Lake Charles, yeah, to, that's plant country. If you can't not find a job with steel toes and a hard hat on your head, it's because you didn't want it. They are people, yes. they hand out applications at fucking gas stations down there sometimes. When I work down there, Hundreds, thousands of contractors are there. Awesome job. Yes. I was in. I was down there doing fiber optics in Motiva and a bunch of plants throughout there. One of the best paying atmosphere, great guys. Just one thing I absolutely freak, or two things I absolutely hated, one more than other, but shaving. Oh, yeah. The whole shaving shave. for a respirator is bullshit. Yep. I and the FRs, the FRs are bullshit. They're only they're good. Hot. They're only good they're for hot. flash fires. So the first little bit of a flash fire, or the first time you wash it, they're null and void. Yeah. All it's going to do is stick that shit to your skin and make the burn twice as bad. So why the fuck are we wearing them? Got that right. So I was down there in Lake Charles, Louisiana, not too long ago, and I'm not going to say the plant's name where I was, but we had to wear full head to toe one piece long sleeve jumpsuits mm-hmm. because we were going in a clean area. Oh, it was a nightmare. New vest every single day. We had to bring bronze tools, copper tools in with us. We didn't. Oh, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was terrible. Do you know how much better that job would be if you didn't have to wear FRs and you didn't have to shave your beard off? Just the just the beard in general. You know, like I get the respirator. No, you and I don't get the get safety. It, I, it like doesn't. I get it, it doesn't seal with or without the hair. Yeah. The hair in between the seal is not going to be life or death. Yeah, I, I, it's not. I just feel like at the point that I would need a respirator. That's Dr. Fauci telling me I got to put a mask on. That's yeah. about how much fucking credit that is. I just, I, just can't, I just can't see the respirator. Like in an emergency situation, I have already don't have the respirator on me. 
You're already I'm not, gone. Yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to go get a respirator. I am fucking You're running right. my fat ass to the parking lot, yeah. baby. I'm Ricky into I'm the out. gate, baby. Yeah. Ocean's at the gate, I'm and I'm Ricky out. I'm knees to chest, son. I'm out. Yeah, I don't get the whole weird thing. But, you know, but like we said, if you're wanting a job, honestly, these days, all you got to do is look. And you ain't no. got to look hard. You can go to your local contractor in your hometown that does home improvement and be a carpenter's apprentice or be a guy that sweeps the shop. I watched a guy's video so the other day that said something about Boom Nation. Go to Boom Nation. Oh, yeah. See, there. See, I work with Boom Nation all the time. They got jobs all across the U.S. I got to download it. But there's tons out. of apps like that. There's yeah, tons of the Internet is your friend. Go I mean, use it. It's the 21st century. Exactly. All these young people that complain about not finding jobs and old people, too. I mean, honestly, just pick up your phone. It's lazy. Get on if you, Facebook. 30 people have hiring ads out. And even if you got a network, you know, I, ask somebody, brothers, cousins, uncles, aunts, sisters, wives, some, somebody knows somebody that's hiring somewhere. Yeah. I, I truly believe if you are having a difficult time these days finding a job, you need to learn how to interview because there is something you are you. doing wrong in your interview process or your presentation or there's something you're doing wrong yeah. and you are turning off potential employers. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people that can't find work because the interviews aren't going good and they just don't want to accept the job, you need to lower your expectations or change your geography. Exactly. Work if, your way up. Yeah. It's like this. If you're in a town of 6,500 people and you go to a local contractor and they tell you it's $18 an hour and you're going to work 60 hours a week, the same work you're going to be doing at that contractor, you could move to Dallas or Little Rock or Atlanta and make $40 an hour doing the same exact job, but... It's the same across the board. But it's all about geography where you're working. Don't expect to get paid $40 an hour in a 6,500-people town. Right. you got to go to the, the bigger cities. They pay more because it costs more. It is more. It's you're that going surface through. stuff people don't pay attention yeah, to. You, this one's $18 an hour. This one's $40 an hour. But this one costs nine dollars to live, and this one costs thirty-one dollars to live. Exactly. You're making the same money at the end of the day. You but just people don't do think about that. They say dollar an hour, dollar yeah. an hour, dollar. It's not about the dollar an hour. It's about where you live, how much it costs, and how much you get paid, and how much are they going to be an asshole to you where you're working? If you're working somewhere with two hundred people, odds are you're just a number. You're just a number. You're in and out, baby. You fuck up, you're gone. You're working in a fab shop with fifteen people. You got they're, a shot. Either, they're either going to be your family. Or your enemies. Or you're going to be gone in two weeks. Yeah. So I got a question. Mr. Tyler, what's the best trade? You didn't answer. Like if you if you were not fishing and you had the ability, what would it be? I really like construction, you know, operating equipment and stuff, you know. So I mean, operator. Yeah. I haven't heard operator yet. Operator. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and yeah, you mentioned crane operator. Well, yeah, that's is. a okay. very specific type of operator. Yeah, I was talking about him. Yes. I wasn't thinking about operator. Yeah, well, you know, but heavy equipment operators, awesome. They make good money. I, I like moving dirt out. and stuff. You know, I mean, I play around. We got a tractor at home. I play around on. I play around skid steer, dozer. I mean, I thoroughly enjoy that. If the fishing didn't work out, if there was a way I could get my hands on a skid steer and do some small jobs and stuff like that, I would. I wouldn't be. You know wouldn't be opposed to trying something like that well, you know, because i mean there's always a million different things that you can do you know that these big companies don't want to mess with little small you know 2500 to five thousand dollar jobs that, that you right. know you could go knock something out like that a couple times a week and be pretty good pretty so good. yeah also i was sitting here thinking about it the whole time 
I got to kind of go back to welder a little bit. And I'm not talking about like a, and you would, you would have to go through the trenches to get here, but I'm talking about that top welder, the guy, the guy that's got the fifth wheel, his woman's in it, his helper's down there doing all oh, the yeah. work. All he comes in is he just comes in and lays the bead and he rolls out that guy. A1 that's a pretty top, good trade. See, if I was, if I was a welder, I would want to have my own fab shop. Now having, I'm a creative guy without law ordinance. We create all this artwork on guns. We do all these things. Prior to this, I owned a residential construction company, done finished carpentry, cabinets, trim work. But uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Train of thought is not a occupation. I don't. I don't think there's anybody. <laughs> it, in there. it does require work to keep your thoughts in order. Got there. Your own welder. You were talking about welder. You're a finished carpenter. Yeah. It's fab shop. Fab shop. Having being a welder and owning your own fab shop, where you're not just welding industrial stuff and you can't get creative oh well, you have I'm a talking fab about the, shop and you can do creative work and build things it's really cool fun stuff but so he was I, talking about the millwright because you could change all the time you can do so that welder would be the same he's yeah. traveling different cities he's he's on he's the road welding off of blueprints and he's welding squares ah, well, man. i'm I talking mean, about that guy that comes in there I'm, that don't i'm talking like, about get a plasma cutter cut some cool gates for the ranch. on that subject though it would be really cool and if i could go back in time and do it in high school I wish I would have went to Votech and learned all the different trades. You know, learn how to weld. I wish they still had you know? Votech. But when we were in high school, hard to find them. When we were in high school, that wasn't cool. You know what I mean? You were at the wrong high school because it was the at, shit where I was at. Our high school, and, and, well, at he was there two decades later. Too. Well, that's true, but <laughs> but but you, you see what I'm saying? Like now, being a little you know a little later in life, you know, there's a lot of little things at home that I wish I could do that I just didn't learn. You know, haven't figured out how to do that i could have probably learned at votech you know as far as welding or you know and uh, that's also one of the big differences today you know i I make jokes about i make jokes about uh the different generations right but uh me growing up and i know cheeto growing up our dads had uh, we done everything right i literally there's not much i haven't done and around the house i mean i am an electrician, a plumber, a carpenter, a welder. You, you said it, it all. Stuff. Yeah, but you said it. Where it was, we were a couple of decades before him in the way we right. were brought up, and and so many things changed. But when I was a kid, you didn't go outside and play. You went in the shop with your daddy and you worked. I'm telling you, you know, you had to do that. You had stuff, chores. So. You had real chores. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You I had mean, real it chores. Wasn't, it wasn't like take the trash out to the road. It was like, no. Well, okay, well, we're going to put a well, seventeen mile T post fence in today, and then we're going to uh, make some games. When I was seventeen <laughs> years old, my dad said, "Be home at two in the morning." I'd come rolling in at four. At four forty-five, he would wake my ass up, take me out in the back, put me on a piece of equipment on a shovel. He would work that night off of me. Yeah, I'm telling you, like I so. Mean, when I was 10 years old, if it was summertime, I went to work with Daddy. Got that right. You know, he also had a construction company building residential and finished carpentry. That's where I got it from. And uh, you got up in the mornings and you went to work with Daddy. Mm-hmm. If you was that young, you was handing him tools, you know, oh, yeah. until the point of – You the only way you got money. Yourself, That's but, what I'm saying. I always had summer jobs, even my age. And, you know, the mid-20s, 30s, stuff like that, I always had summer jobs all the time. During school, I always played sports, so I didn't have a lot of free time after school, before school, stuff like that. But summertime, oh, man, there's, there's no telling what I'd be doing. I'd be digging a ditch, putting a fence up, uh, dude down was the your, roads. Was your big-ass playing volleyball? Oh, hell no, baby. Well, this I brings up another question. Yeah, I had summer jobs as well, but they you know, they weren't probably at the same extent that you guys were doing. I mean, this brings up I'm another question yards, for you, doing Tyler. stuff like that, you know. You brought up, you wish you had went to some trade schools just to pick up 
talents. And we talk about trades that you can go, you can learn welding, you can go learn specific jobs at a trade school. Mm-hmm. Is there any form of classes for a, a young man right out of high school to go learn a little bit of everything? Hey, and I'll, I'll tell well, you there what, used there to is. Be. There is still. There is still. Where? I just ran across them the other day. Hands-on, in-person, you're looking pretty thin. You got some Votex around, especially down here in the South and stuff like that. But uh, anybody can do this, and not even young people nowadays. So the power of social media is, is insane. Yes, YouTube. I have found so many trades classes, electrical, welding, plumbing, where in 10 minutes – they're going to teach you how to turn a welder on, how to set it, what rods to use, stuff like this. I never thought about that, but that is true. You so could actually there, do it. There are, there are channels on YouTube that teach you how to be a tradesman. And usually the people that are running these channels are men in their 50s and 60s. They're yes. old cats showing the younger generations, and they're pretty decent. I mean, their camera skills are terrible, but the knowledge that you're getting is and unparalleled. It's basic, and it's free. It's basic it's knowledge. Free. So they really can't screw that up. I it's not. Know. It's not in depth stuff. But, <laughs> but like, again, like it's he not was saying, just to turn me. on a welder yeah. or do this. Yeah. Or, you know, most people do not know what. It's like this. When I was young, until I until somebody told me about it, if an outlet fell out of the wall, well, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Right. I didn't know how to rewire it, put it back in, stuff like that. What I was looking for, you know, who knew? You know, right. One five ten minute video, you now you know, and you know right. that little piece of information for the rest of your life, and it's stuff like that. That but these guys the have to put forth a lot of effort. See, I had to put forth no effort at all. My yeah. daddy would beat my ass if my ass wasn't up and going with it. So <laughs> well, he, growing he up, didn't hit in, you hard enough. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> oh, he did too. <laughs> growing up in in remodeling and home construction, you had to do a little bit of everything. So well, and, and we learned little things like righty tighty, lefty loosey. Yeah, that's for more than just bolts. It works on electrical. It works on it works on several different things. Um, why run backwards, young virgin? That's your color code on any phone cable, on any kind of cat five, six, any of that. And, and, it's and we were taught like that, that like nursery rhymes when we were kids. Yep. Yeah, you still say it, don't you, Cheetah? Oh, I say it all the time. Every time you open a coat, you're like righty, uh, lefty, loose. There you go. Every time, baby. For me though, I like you know learning stuff. Like I mean, I do look at YouTube a lot. You know, I, I, I you know go to that a lot, but hands-on you know really learning how to do well, it the right better. way the first time you know what i mean like that's always lot, better but, right i mean know. yeah you could you could always go to youtube well but until it, we it introduced really cool. you all you're looking on youtube did you ever see a guy goes by the boss like ricky and the boss did you ever no but that demographic that? is so different so oh, the demographic yeah. <laughs> i'm in the people the people that you know, follow me love a good joke you know what shit, you what know. what's funny is like we were at this fishing convention this year you know, Redcrest. Mm-hmm. I knew who Ricky was, you know, just from you guys, really. And, you know, I looked him up and stuff. And then uh, we go to Redcrest, and uh, I promise you, he signed more yeah, autographs more. there than Kevin Van Dam. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes there was did. a line out the freaking building the entire time, yes. people crying meeting him. It blew my mind. I had no idea. Okay, I had literally talk about this. one guy that had we gotta talk no about this. Uh, idea. Talk about the okay, and then hold on. things now. Did, <laughs> did he get? He sends me a Snapchat of him signing his name on my merch. Yes, yes. <laughs> they hey, done. I got to do what every I do, baby. single one of my ranch hats sold oh, yeah. at that event. It was the number one selling hat. It's a uh, raise them right, by the way. 
Because uh, no matter what you're raising, you raise them right, whether it be kids or animals or cows. or So my ranch is raise them right. So I got these hats and shirts, and nobody's asking me for a signature. I look over. They're almost gone, probably 500 hats. <laughs> He's over there giggling like, I've signed every one of your hats and shirts. Yeah, I'm like, you damn right, this is my ranch, son. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so this family is standing there talking to John Michael. They're going on and on. The woman has tears in her eyes. The little kid's so happy to see him. The dad's enamored. They're shaking yeah, hands, they hugging, like four taking hours. pictures. <laughs> John Michael says, where are you from? And they, they spit out of town. He's like, really? He's they like, said, yeah, yes, where are we, you from? We drove like uh, eight six hours, hours, eight hours yeah. to be here. He's like, where are you from? He's like, 15 minutes from your house. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> they drove like, no like eight hours. They live 15 minutes. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and it blows my fucking mind. Like I tell, like it's not a secret where I live. Like, everybody knows I live in Crossfit, Arkansas. It's in every Nobody house. knows what Crossfit, Arkansas yeah. is. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. These people drove six and a half, seven hours to come up there and meet me because they knew I was going to be there. And it was awesome. I greatly appreciate them. But I live 15 minutes from them. Yeah, that's okay. funny. Like you could have sat in Then the other one okay, story. Right, right. He <laughs> takes a break oh, and he man. goes to the bathroom. <laughs> I, I went to the bathroom. And oh, it's, yeah, it I heard is, this one. It is probably one of in the, convention center the at worst, worst run-ins with fan i guess you'd call it that I've and i don't know here. who you are dude but you need to message one of us like we need to send you some stuff because i mean to give a, a grown man a reach around in the urinal <laughs> like <laughs> I, you need a hat or something so there but, i was i was in there using the bathroom you know standing at the urinal you know stream heavy just cruising you know having a good old time and i hear i was like hey are you that guy i'm like yeah man what's up and i mean i mean you know still midstream full-on hug from the back and i was like big hug from the back and i was like bear oh. hugged him from the back i was like stream stopped immediately <laughs> yeah and i was like look man i was like I, I, it's great to meet you i need you back never me. never made eye contact he never no. never made eye contact i think I was, he's adding that part he I didn't was, say back up off me he just looked like at him. Uh, i was like man I was like, I'll what meet do you, you do at that point? What do you do? Your you dick know? is out. I mean, you're it's pushed it. up in a urinal. What do you say? Get off me. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what would I was supposed to do? Throw an elbow? <laughs> you know? Get kicked out of the convention yeah. I'm supposed I mean, to be at? You know? But And then I was like, look, man, I really, it's great meeting you. Why don't you go meet me at my booth over there at the Outlaw Stuff, and I'll hang out with you for a second. Let me wash my hands. I'll be over there. Did you ever look at him, though, to where... You I knew who he was. No, I was I was fucking face at the wall, baby. I'm trying to zip so up. If he came <laughs> back, zip. if he came back later and actually met you like you told him, you didn't know it was him. Well, not. I don't think he ever came back because I kind of like you know how you like you're having a conversation with somebody but you don't look at them because something just really fucking. Well, weird yeah, there happened. better not have been no. Like icon. He just, no, no, no. I was just like, like he yeah, just well, hugged you see. while you had your dick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was really weird. And so that dude, he never came over there. Well, we need to wrap up the topic here we started well, on. So, Oh, so last thoughts on it, man. Millwright, they can do whatever they want, wherever they're at. They can always have a different job from day to day. I think it's probably one of the best careers in the construction trade, in my opinion. Worst, hands down. I just I just can't do concrete work, especially finishing. It's just not for me. What do you got, I, Nacho? Of, of what we've talked about, is there one that is easier to get started in the trade? Oh, just in a general. Like, like there's more jobs available. There's oh, just more be a, demand. Just be a labor. Just be more a demand for any of the specific jobs. Inside or, of a plant. Just, just go be yeah, a laborer inside of a plant. Just be a laborer or a helper. If, if Chip wanted to be a, a millwright and I wanted to be a welder, would you. Start it as a laborer or helper. Would you say both of us have an equal opportunity? Yeah. 
But now plenty that, of, plenty that, of jobs for both it positions. Honestly, all depends on where you go. If you walk into a fab shop and they've already got eight welders, uh, if it's a small fab shop, odds are not looking good, homie. But it's like this. You go to a big plant, you want to be a welder, you start as a helper, tell them, okay, I want to be a helper, but I want to be a welder's helper. You get wrapped up with a good welder or a good millwright, whoever you're helping, they teach you the tricks of the trade six months from now. And you're probably be willing your to, and you got to be willing, willing to, to go away from the house. Oh yeah, and I'll tell you, it, the easiest way, the easiest way to do this, talking about the plants, got me thinking. Every plant has a main entrance. Park somewhere by the main entrance, close to the time everybody gets off, just and just write, names. just write down the company names of the trucks that leave that plant, and there's your list of where to go, who to go find them call. on Google. Yeah. Call them, find out who the boss is, or yep. if they're hiring. That you don't have to go in the plant. You don't. You don't have to look at anybody. Right? How about sitting in the parking lot with a, a twelve pack of beer, handing them out when they get off? <laughs> you probably work? you probably go to jail at most plants. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol rules pretty hard. But if you are starting as a welder's helper, I would advise you within a week or two of being his helper to take him out and buy him some beer, maybe dinner or something. Because and maybe check see what he's drinking or something first. Because yeah, don't show up with Paps. This dude, Paps, man, PBR is a quality uh, beer. That's what I was getting to. Is I would never have taken John PBR. Michael Stewart for a Paps Blue Ribbon guy. PBR is the pork chop of beer. It is the American backbone no. of beer. I have it seen. It might be the potted meat of beer, but it's not <laughs> pork chop. I level. have seen literally hundreds of people come up to us on the road. Want to buy the man a beer, and they're like, "Really? You want the cheapest beer? They I'm buying I'm it date. for you. I'm a cheap you're, date. Yeah. Oh, you're cheap. All right. I mean, shit. What do you think? Uh, I'm well. I guess it's my turn, but I don't really know. I've jumped from crane operator to welder. I know that the worst two is roofing and concrete, but I think you just kind of do what John said. You go somewhere. You get in there where they have multiple trades going on and you spend a little time and you figure out what you want to do. Figure out the one that looks the best to you or is the most inviting to you. Befriend somebody, be their helper and learn. That's, well, that's the best you to, can do. To flip back on what I said before. Yes, absolutely. As bad as most people hate it. My job of jobs in the trade would be a safety man, but every position out there, is a position you would promote up and move up into a safety position. Mm -hmm. So starting out from day one, you're not going to go get a safety man job. But hopefully, uh, you want to be think, the owner because if you don't a, have drive, I think you're not a heavy it. equipment operator right. to me, whether it be heavy equipment operator on a pipeline or at a residential construction doing dirt work. So you're going to finalize the podcast operator. by stealing Tyler's idea. No, I'm agreeing <laughs> with Tyler for the first time ever. Oh, okay, okay, you know, in agreeance. I mean, to, you know, honestly, I think uh, it really doesn't matter what you do as long as uh, you're happy doing it. You know, you're always going to do something better that you're, you know, that you like doing. So. Got that right. Well, I can tell you, like the five, last five tournaments you came back from, you didn't look really happy doing it. Not the last five. <laughs> there was so. a middle stroke there. No, there was three or four in the middle, though. You were, dude, you were jamming. So, you know, like I said, started out kind of rough. You know, it's hard. It's hard to go have a bad event. Come home, put a smile on your face. You know, even though it could potentially be the best job in the world. I mean, I get to fish for a living. It's great. A good day or a bad day, man. It, you, you you fish for a living. You do right. what you love to do. I provide for my family, and, getting to do what I love. And but, what a lot of people don't realize is, 
there is very, very few professional bass anglers out there. Right. So if you come in last, you're still in the top hundred people in the world. Yeah, and that's and you actually made me think of that. You know, after come back, you know, had a bad event, was all sad. You you kind of cheered me up with that, but but you know, it, it's all about momentum in my game. You know, you have a couple bad tournaments, it's hard to get out of that slump or the rut. But uh, you know, mid season this year had a good event, and then had four good ones in a row. So it's just you know, I'm sure it's like that with anything in life, though. I mean. Well, ladies you know, and gentlemen, we have covered the trades. We have gave y'all our opinions, Mr. John Michael. Well, I got one more question. Quick question, easy answer. Me, so, I'm the best looking one I'm on the old. couch. I'm telling you, I mean, it's maybe, hard to look good through your audio. Your eyes may be going faster because you said I'm old. Is what's going on there? But look, we've had this conversation amongst ourselves multiple times. The man versus animal scenario. We covered. Oh, we're back on the silverback well, gorilla show. No, no, see, so we did. How many people does it take down to? How many people would it take to subdue a silverback gorilla? All our answers were vastly different. Yeah. Okay, we went to the silverback gorilla. Like, let's let's think of a more realistic animal here. How many people do you think it would take to bring down a giraffe? Oh shit! My personal opinion: two, two people. Could is that, when did a giraffe become a vicious animal that's chasing after you? Have you never seen a giraffe in action? So, is it two people with bare hands? Are we talking bare hands? Bare hands. Bare hands. No way two people can take No, he says, have you, he says, have you ever seen a giraffe in action? I have. We're in fucking Louisiana. <laughs> you can go to the Monroe <laughs> Zoo and see a giraffe, though. That ain't going to be in action. That's that's a domesticated giraffe. I went on a safari trip one time in my truck. And one of them, yes, and one of them got pissed off. That is not. The wild. No, 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 but one of them got pissed off and started running. Okay, them so suckers we're, do like 30 and they yeah. start swinging their fucking knees. So we're barehanded. Like dangerous. Like a golf club with that damn head on the end of it. So same as the silverback. We're barehanded, no tools, no nothing, just, not even just a your hands. Stick, just your but hands. But we're not talking at the zoo or the safari park. We're talking about in the wild. Africa. In the wild. Wild ass world. giraffe. Two people's not taking I'm saying out. there's no all, amount of people taking a giraffe now. All I need to do. Is get onto their back. That's why I need somebody to help me. But how me the hell are you going to do it? I don't know. Playing, playing chicken? Back. Playing chicken? In a choke lock, baby. Hey, now hold up. You're back gonna, up. Back you're up. Back physically up. choke out a giraffe. Well, we, we had this conversation no on a silverback, and he said you couldn't choke a silverback that I can get to his neck. Back. But he says we can choke a giraffe when his, playing chicken ain't tall enough. So both of y'all. <laughs> his neck on a Cheeto believes you can physically, one man could physically choke out a silverback gorilla. If There's the no silverback John gorilla Michael is. Michael is now saying one man can physically well, choke out a giraffe. If, hold up. You're the silverback gorilla has to be neck? subdued before one man can choke. Him. You're not just going to be one man holding on and choking. No, he's no, got to be some dude. But the giraffe, you can't use anything. His so man. you got to have. You got to be a gymnast because you got to be able to flip your ass no, up no, there. See, here's what I do: one man lowers the giraffe beside a tree. I'm in the tree. My 300 pound dumbass comes flailing down out of the top of that motherfucker. Latches on. Hold on, you said no tools. Would the tree? I, don't, I feel like that is part of the landscape, so it wouldn't be considered a tool. I could give you that. It's probably a tool, but I'll give you that anyway. I still don't think. It's landscape. I'm not I using it. Except okay, sure. I'm going to say 250 guys and 125 trees. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the think, only way we're I getting on. I just think him. two people's really. So what you got? Ten. Not two, ten people. Ten people. Ten people's and enough. I think you got to attack his legs and get his legs out from under him. Oh, I get him on the ground. Yeah. It's over. Yes. With two Realistically, it's take, do you it's know how take. big a giraffe is though? Yes. Like if you jumped on the back of a giraffe and tried to strangle him, he could literally just turn his neck and throw you. Yeah, we got we got to take out kneecaps. So I'm gonna agree with ACL. I'm agreeing with Nakia. No shot. I'm gonna have to go with Nakia. I think ten to a dozen if we're taking out the kneecaps we got him subdued but um, how would you even take out his kneecaps because that th- them things are going to be going I everywhere mic- i mean he's, he's gonna take 10 people i will gimbo slice that motherfucker when he's not looking soon as he goes up to nibble on a leaf there i come baby but listen Full speed. i'm gonna take advantage of every zoo trip his legs and think are that gonna he's gonna walk up thick. to me to get stuff out of my hand I like think, he does at the zoo and that's when i take him out you're not taking out a kneecap i think this, four grown this, men I think I got it. I think four no. grown men could wrap around his front two legs and push them together. Four grown men on his back two legs, push them together, bear hugging them, yeah. and make him fall over. Once he's on the ground, he's whooped. Yeah, you I have know, to understand the giraffe we're talking about. All you got to do is put some peanuts in your hand and stick out the window and he'll walk up to you. This is the giraffe that we're subduing. We're not talking about wild African giraffe. No, we were no. talking about wild African no. giraffe. We're talking about like we're not Del talking about it. zoo giraffe. No, no Del high zoo giraffe. I think you might could get ten guys to take it down. That's what I'm saying. African wild crazy ass giraffe. When when he you In can't wild, even, you can't even get close enough to take that thing down. I'll wait till it's asleep. No shot. Do they sleep standing up? Do giraffes? I mean, them things are getting away know. from cougars uh, and rhinos and all kinds of other shit. There's no way people are taking it down. Neck hinged over or something like they're. At some point, we got to call episode one. I was, so. This has got to be it then. I got to go see if giraffes sleep while standing up. Either way, though, guys, Outlaw Way podcast episode one, it's wrapped up. We've had the trades talk. I obviously think that me and another person could take down a giraffe. But we are out of here. The boss, Nacho, Cheeto, and Tyler. I hope y'all join us in on the next one. And uh, hopefully we'll be posting these about once a week. So uh, check back. It'll be on our Facebook page, YouTube, Insta. We'll be real. Got that right. Let's go. But uh, thank you all for stopping by. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. And we'll see you on the next one.